As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hello, I am Anderson Cowan, and I have got a movie to make, and this is Loaded for Bear, episode 23 of 36 episodes or so. Gotta stay fluid, gotta stay flexible with these things, because things are all over the place and things happen, Uh, as is the case with uh, this week and last week and since I last talked to you. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the... um, the glamorous lifestyle of a movie producer, especially an independent film movie producer, independent film producer, uh, uh, which I have been acting as uh, on this, both the, the documentary as well as the short film now that it's fast approaching two weeks from Friday is when we actually shoot. Uh, Loading is actually two weeks from Thursday. So uh, just give you a little idea. Uh, and, and this is not all on me, but what I'm going to talk about today is what I've been doing over the last seven to eight days, at least a little bit every day. Um, the last few days it's been six. I mean, I've done six hours of this already today and then and Atticus is still in school. I don't pick him up. It's only one thirty so far and it's just been nonstop, uh, which is fine. I mean, this is what I signed up for. So you want to make a movie. Here's, here's what the, uh, entails. All right. Um, I've been on the phone with Galpin Ford today, which is a, it's a, uh, um, car dealership. But since they're in Los Angeles, Van Nuys to be exact, uh, they also have studio rentals and they also provide a service where if you, okay, well, let me start at the beginning. Uh, I talked to Panavision yesterday, finally. Uh, I've been trying to get a hold of them for a week and a half or so, which is, you know, causes heart palpitations because um, we need cameras to shoot the movie. And um, my DP kind of left it on me to negotiate and, and, and do the phone calling, even though he has the, the clear cut uh, edge when it comes to relationship with Panavision. But, uh, yeah, he's like, just call, call our guy. So I called our guy, the guy that runs Panavision essentially. And, uh, took a while, but now I got a hold of him and, you know, I got a bunch of questions for him. He has to send me forms so that we can get the proper insurance because the insurance is asking for all the forms. And then one of the main questions when it, in regards to both what Panavision wants to know as well as the insurance companies is this, like where are you going to low, uh, where are you going to keep this, this equipment when you're not using it? Cause we pick it up on the, the 19th and we shoot on the 20th. That means there's going to be one night where the, all of the uh, equipment is probably most likely sitting on a big box truck. Where is that box truck going to be? Is it going to be in my driveway? That wouldn't be cool because there's lots and lots of money. And when I say lots of money, I mean lots of money, like like too much money. It's, it's absurd how much these things cost. But uh, I've been told that you know a, a house, a, a middle uh, sized house here in Los Angeles would cost about as much as what's going to be the equipment that's going to be in that truck. Uh, and we're, you know, renting it for two days. 
Where's it going to be at night? There comes Galpin Ford. Galpin Ford has a service where you can go pick up your stuff with your box truck, load it all in, and then you take it to Galpin Ford, which is centrally located in Van Nuys, and you park it. And it's a secure parking space, and I'm sure they have their own insurance. And then you tell the insurance company, you tell Panavision, it's going to be with Galpin, and that makes sense. And then they know, and you pay the fee to keep it at Galpin for the night, and then you go pick it up in the morning and take it to the location. So I've been on the phone with Gallup and talking to people who are not really that familiar with this. Also, because of the shutdown, uh, there's not a, there's a lot of people who are kind of stepping in or, or sitting there who don't normally deal with this kind of thing because the type of people who do are not working uh, currently. Uh, so there's that. Uh, then I had the, the joy of working with Film LA. When I say joy, uh, a little tongue-in-cheek there, I can say this. The two times that I've talked to them on the phone, they have been delight, delightful, and I, and I don't want to talk poorly about them because they have been so friendly. However, here's the deal. Film LA is what you need to go through to get permits to shoot anywhere you're shooting. So yes, I have the, the location. It's already paid. Well, it's already been negotiated, and they're just waiting for the check. I've been told not to write a check until I get the permits situated, right? Uh, all of that has been negotiated and dealt with, and it's costing quite a bit of money just to have this location for one day, this big empty hall. And it's vital, obviously. It's very important, and it's, it's the, the location works for, for many different reasons. Uh, then you go and you say, hey, uh, Los Angeles, may I shoot this, this movie on this private property, please? I'm going to have some people that are going to be getting paid for it, and I'm trying to make some good art, as it were. Uh, will you allow us to? And they say, yeah, sure. Starting with $895 check, which has to come to us immediately um, before we can even discuss this any further, whether or not you're allowed to shoot your little project on this private property that you've already paid for. Uh, and now we're going to decide if you need one of us to kind of babysit you and make sure that you're following all of our guidelines. Also, there's a very good chance that you're going to need a police officer uh, to be paid hourly for the entire time that you're there just to make sure that everything is going good. So, I mean, that could cost, and we're looking at possibly as much as two, if the cop is involved as well, like over $3,000. Just so, you know, before we even... <laughs> Take a camera out of a box before we pay any of our actors. I'm also paying all of our born to act players, obviously. Um, no one's working for free on this, except for me. I, well, I'm getting paid a dollar, but it all wraps into the documentary as well. Speaking of which, I should have said, I should have led with this. Uh, now it's go time, and I'm going to do a bit of a pitch here if you're cool with that. Uh, as of right now, unfortunately, I'm deferring Mike Carano's payment. I told him not to not to worry about it, not to work on it, but he's still working on it because he understands that it's important to keep the documentary, especially with the short and the uh, the rehearsals going on for the Christmas show. But I just I can't pay him because there's people coming up that are going to need to be paid for the short film. So if you've been thinking about giving, now's a good time because we're starting to get pretty, pretty thin. I'm deferring my own payment for the uh, documentary work that I'm doing as well. This all goes into the same thing, but uh, obviously we have to pay our people that are working on the short. I don't want to be uh, you know, uh, saying, yeah, you'll get your payment in a little bit. I can do that to myself. I can do that to my Carano to a lesser degree. I feel bad, but I mean, that's that's what that's where we're at. So let me uh, first and foremost uh, thank everyone who has given recently and you guys are coming through you're you're coming through and let me let me be clear about this too if you give now or you have already given your name will be associated with both the documentary the feature length documentary as well as the short film now that is starring none other than Jonathan Kapalos from The Breakfast Club and 16 Candles and Seinfeld as well as 
over 200 other things. Uh, it will also be starring Eddie Levy, uh, who is playing, who, who plays Anthony in AP Bio. And it also has 80s star Keith Coogan, uh, who you may all know from Adventures in Babysitting or Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead and The Dishes Are Done Man and all that stuff hiding out. Uh, he was in Cousins, played a filmmaking, young filmmaking kid in Cousins, which is kind of funny. Here we are. Uh, and he's, he's, the, uh, he's in the film. So um, I would like to thank these are the most recent people. If I don't say your name, it's because it got cut off before I got my most, most recent uh, doc. But just I would like to thank you, Nathan Lickman, uh, for your uh, contribution a couple days ago. Ryan Regenball coming in big. Ryan, you're such a great supporter, and I owe you big. I, anything I can do for you guys, if you're giving to this, it means so much to me and everyone involved that uh, I'm forever uh, indebted to you guys, honestly. Uh, if, as long as there's nothing major. you know, I don't know if I can come babysit your kids, nor would you want that. But come come ask me for if it's a plug or you just want to want to talk about something i'm there for you you're like i i, I owe you uh then uh we got to george booza cashville booza no i butchered booza cashville booza cashville oh i like that i'm still butchering it probably but booza cashville um and yeah i think uh that yeah so those are the most recent ones since i recorded last thank you very much and like i said if i didn't say your name your name will be um uh, in the credits in one form or another, um, both the documentary and the shorts. So that's all important. Uh, and please, if you've been thinking about it and like, I'll get to it, now's a good time to get to it. So as you hear these words, the, the loaded for bear doc.com loaded for bear doc.com is where you go to help this train to go. The train's going, uh, there's no stopping it now, but, um, for the documentary to continue on pace, we need, um, some donations, uh, and they're all, uh, 501c3, once again, uh, your company may or may not match. You can ask, and uh, you should be able to write this off at the end of the year as a write-off. Uh, so, fantastic. All right, uh, what else? So, I'm talking to Galpin, and then Film LA, and that's where I'm at. Film LA, they have maybe the most, and I'm not the brightest bulb, I understand that, but they're, they're, interface to fill out the forms and any of you who might be listening to this who have done this before uh and it's good that i'm doing it i i like to learn every single department and every single little nook and cranny that goes into making a film i hope to never have to do that again but i would be better at it the second time around because now i got my feet wet but their it, their interface is not at all intuitive as they say it was i had to call them up and be like hey i'm a guy on your internet uh, on your web website and i i don't, I don't know how it works how, how does this work my god it was just Whoever put that together, their brain doesn't work like mine or yours, probably. It's it's very different. And then uh, also there's 20-plus actors' parents that I'm calling, and I'm continuing to call. And that's some of my favorite part of this so far, and I've gotten a hold of almost all of them. Uh, there's still some back and forth and uh, playing phone tag, as they say. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because... It's kind of, I got to go with my gut on uh, whether I should call the student first or I should call the parents first uh, because some are more independent than others. And I'm a, really afraid of stepping on parents' toes and having them say like, well, why don't you call my kid or vice versa? Like, why are you calling my kid and not talking to me? You know, these are growing adults, my born act players, but uh, it's sensitive. You know, I don't, I don't, so... So far, so good. I've called the ones that I think are more independent and have their own cell phone numbers and emails and, and whatnot and talked to them uh, and asked if they were available. And then uh, we got to check in with mom and dad as well. So, uh, but so far, uh, you know, I'm talking to parents that I've never even met before. I'm like, hey, you don't know me, but uh, I'm an assistant at the Born Knack Players and I'm calling about a short film that we're putting together that I would love your kid to be involved in. Um, 
some fun, other fun things. I, I'm, I'm done with the complaining and the whining of the uh, Galpin and what else was it? Oh, checks. That was a fun one. Uh, it occurred to me in the middle of the night, I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, we don't have checks for the new bank account that we had to open as like a form of escrow almost to make this SAG signatory. We, they made us actually go and open a business account with our DBA, with our Loaded for Bear LLC. And on day of, I would like to, you know, we have 90 days to pay everyone from the time that the movie shoots, from the time they work. But I, I, Robert and I would both like to have everyone paid out as they're, you know, leaving the set. Or, so we're going to be writing checks beforehand and then him signing them or, you know, whatever. But we don't have those checks because it's a brand new account. So I found myself on Costco this morning um, doing a, a, a bunch of inputting and, and stuff. It's it's work that people do all the time for little things, but it's funny. It's not necessarily associated with filmmaking. So I've done a whole lot of stuff that has not been all that creative. Speaking of creative stuff, though, I just spoke earlier today with my production designer and we, the, one of the main scenes is an art class and uh, a bunch of my born act players are going to be art students and they're sitting at their little stations with their art projects and there's going to be upwards of 16 different art projects as well as other art projects that will be hanging or adorning walls and it's going to look like a little art studio and actually a big art studio and we need, we need representation of this stuff. So we were talking about getting together at my production designer. She's a dear friend of mine too. Um, She's actually my DP's ex-wife and my DP's current wife is also in the business and she's also going to be on set. Wow. This is going to be an interesting set. It's going to be a very, very interesting set. Everyone that I talk to, I'm going to have three separate ADs, uh, assistant directors on set working in one form or another, which is uh, fairly unusual. And uh, I've let all of them know because they really have to know the workflow. And I'm like, just to let you know, here's how it's going to be. Got my DP who I don't get along with sometimes. <laughs> I love him. He's like a brother to me, but we do argue. Hopefully we won't on this one. Uh, his ex-wife's going to be there doing uh, production design, and his current wife is going to be there as uh, second AD. So we got that going. Also, my born act players, I want them to go through hair and makeup and all that, obviously, uh, but I also want some of them to really learn uh, what it's like behind the camera and learn different departments. So if you're so like when I talk to my sound guy, who I've never worked with before, I... Uh, I had to walk them through that and say, are you going to be cool with somebody, not you, holding your sound equipment at times or maybe turning a few knobs or uh, to the boom operator? Are you going to be cool with like your boom operator being boomed by one of my born act players? And so far, everyone has been way above cool, like, like beyond cool. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I've always wanted to do something like this. I've tried to volunteer before. So. We're getting very lucky and picking very wisely, uh, as it were. So. Oh, I didn't even talk about the big thing that happened with the documentary since the last time I talked to We shot five of the... Okay, wait. Done with the short stuff? Talking with the shorts? Yeah, I guess so. And uh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we were going to do it... Uh, we were going to do it like a, um, a craft day. Back to the crafts and production design because we need to have all of these things made. Uh, and we were talking about doing it at my production designer's house. She lives in a very unique house that has 102 steps to get to the house from the street. 102 steps. There is a little train track next to those steps that has a 600-pound limit, but um, it's very dangerous for anyone to ride it because you could easily die if one of the cables breaks. Oh, that's good. I'm doing this with the garage door open because it's fairly hot out here today. All right, they covered that with the horn. All right, so uh, we were talking about doing, you know, inviting some of the students over or their parents, and the more I thought about it, the more it just made me really stressed out because it is, it is high, 102 steps. Some of these parents are not the most spry anymore. Some of the kids, you know, 102 steps. 102 steps for me is a lot. 
So we're probably not going to do it. We're not going to do a, a full class, uh, a day where we all get together for like a little mini party before the shoot and make arts and, and crafts in, in Bianca's backyard. Instead, um, tomorrow at class, she's going to bring a bunch of material, a bunch of art material, and we're going to open it up to everyone, even people that aren't going to be a part of the shoot as far as like on camera, uh, which a little dicey too, because I'm so worried about hurting anyone's feelings and not including anyone. I want to be as inclusive as possible, but we have way too many students as far as many, as many, uh, for as many spots as we have. I only have maximum like 20 spots, uh, for the students, uh, in the movie. But at first I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Cause that feels kind of like sad. I'm trying to keep it a secret from the other people, but I think this is a good way. We're going to open it up and say, Hey, we're shooting a short film. Sorry. I couldn't invite a, a, all of you. Um, and I'm really, I'm inviting, uh, I'm, I'm casting people that I show up most regularly, you know, that are committed to the class, to acting class, as well as people that I've known for the longest. So it's not like I'm, I'm choosing necessarily on ability, even though that tends to line up because the people that show up to class most often are the most capable actors, obviously, but I'm just so afraid of hurt, hurting feelings. So, but what we're going to do is we're going to tomorrow night say, Hey, here's some art and arts and crafts, like foam core and paints and magazines for collages. And, uh, it's for the short film. So if you're in the short film, great, do something that represents you and like, you know, show up in the movie. And if you're not, You'll you'll have representation with some art that will be you know on the set, and uh, you'll be credited as such. And so hopefully that that will be the right decision there. I just don't want to hurt the students' feelings and the parents' feelings, but you know because I know how that feels like to not be included. I feel like at 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 the acting class quite a bit. I got to be honest. I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but um, the second half of most acting classes every Thursday is, uh, improv. They call it first line, last line, where we come up with a first line that kicks off the improv. And then, uh, there's a last line that ends the, the, the improv. And usually Mary brings who runs the class. She picks for us. Right. And she'll be like, Hey, you two, you're with that group. And there's usually five, sometimes six groups. I'm usually one of the leaders of one of the groups. Brock is one of the leaders. Jerry, you don't know these people, all these people yet. Jerry and Brock are both going to be in the movie. So you'll know once you see the movie and the documentary. But, uh, a lot of time I'm sitting there and I'm usually right in the middle. Uh, my group goes like third or fourth and it's great when she picks them once a month, it's like a special occasion and the students get to pick who they want to work with. And it's, it's always, gut-wrenching because you know most people pick brock because brock is the best brock is the best i can't deny that my own son picks brock over me at this point uh however it feels really good when they pick you too it's like anything else it's like you know schoolyard playground stuff uh so i don't want to anyone to give anyone that feeling I'm, I'm, i want this to all be positive and good and the idea of making anyone feel left out sucks i hate it so it, it is by far the worst way worse than dealing with film la way worse than even asking you guys to help make uh, this possible by giving your hard-earned funds. The worst part is hurting someone's feeling uh, or feelings for uh, in trying to make this happen, which is inevitable. I guess it's going to happen, but hopefully I can walk it back and I will be able to uh, invite more to the set and uh, to be a part of this. If we can do the feature, I'll be able to expand that class and roles and whatnot. So yeah. All right. Um, as far as the documentary and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Cause I'm planning on doing hopefully another one of these on as early as Friday. I, um, Oh, wait, back to the short again. I am meeting with um, two of my lead actors. Uh, tonight, I'm meeting with Eddie Levy uh, over Zoom. And then on Saturday, I'm meeting with um, my lead actor for probably upwards of two, three hours, which is fantastic. Uh, now, the documentary. Mike and I, on Sunday, this most recent Sunday, uh, did a pretty, in, a pretty big shoot involving five moms, 
Five of the moms are born to act players. Uh, all of them have kids that have Down syndrome. So they all have um, kids with Down syndrome and they have that in common. They all know each other pretty well. Uh, they had a, uh, one of the moms hosted and she put it all together. Thank you so much, Carmen. And uh, she made dinner and uh, we brought wine and Mike and I set up a bunch of cameras and lights and mic'd everybody and got them comfortable enough to I, this. It was such a great group. I probably didn't have to wait as long as I did, but we talked about this, talked about that. They had dinner. We had some laughs. We went out in the backyard, took some pictures because uh, it's a group that knows each other and they, they love hanging out with one another. And some of them known each other for years. And then after dinner was done, they're at the dinner table, got all the camera angles set up. Mike's roaming with uh, a handheld and we just let them talk. And we're doing three different types of interviews so far represented. One is the Born Act players themselves speaking directly to you, the audience, right into the lens, which I love. It looks fantastic. The assistants are talking to me next to the camera and or Mike, and they're talking just off the camera like this. And then I knew I wanted to have some organic, uh, not even really necessarily interview, but just conversations, raw, authentic real conversations that some of the parents have because a lot of their stories get lost in this. And I think I might've said it here before, like, you know, I've volunteered a bunch and I've worked uh, with this population, but I clock out. I, the event ends, uh, class ends, I go home and I, I don't have a special needs child living with me for 20, 30, 40 years until I'm gone. And that fear of what happens to them when I'm gone and, and all of that. And I, I definitely wanted them to have a say and to be represented and to get things off their chest. And all of that happened in this interview. And it was, it was, it was pretty great. Um, none of them cried. I might've teared up a little bit behind the scenes a couple of times. And, uh, you know, my job in it was just to make sure the conversation was moving and that everyone got, um, you know, uh, to, uh, the ability to say something, but I had to do very little directing. These, these moms were all had something to say and it was mostly, you know, really positive stuff, but they talked about some of the realities too, which are a little bit tough. They talked about testing and all, oh, they had some really interesting things to say about how they found out, uh, that they had one, and I won't you know give too much away, but one of the moms, she said it, it, it was for a long pause. It, I don't know if she gave an actual time on it, but there was a good period of time while she's in the room right after giving birth to her daughter while talking to the doctor who came in to let her know of the terrible, terrible news is the way he put it. And there's a long period of time there where she thought that her newborn child had died because of the way that this doctor approached it. And he was like, he was beating around the bush and not saying that, you know, your looks like your, your daughter has down syndrome. He was just kept apologizing. And she thought for sure that, that her, her newborn baby had died and she was so relieved to hear that it was down syndrome and not death. But uh, I heard a lot of that about how doctors weren't the best at breaking the news and sure there's tests, but uh, I guess only one of the uh, parent that one of the moms in our group uh, actually knew uh, the, the, the test actually t told them. And, you know, a lot of these kids too are older too. So, you know, we're talking 20, 30 years ago with the, uh, with the test. I know that a lot has come since then, but that's a whole nother debate. And, you know, I, the fact that people are finding out that they have Down syndrome baby in their womb and then, um, uh, what's the word? Eliminating, aborting. I, I, well, there was a finer way of saying that, wasn't there? Anyways, I mean, there's some suggestions that we're not going to have people with Down syndrome, uh, you know, in the future because, people are finding out before they're even born, which I don't think I like that, but who the hell am I to say? Cause I'm not a parent. I just love the population. I, I'm not a parent. So, I mean, I'm out of my depths there, but that is something interesting. And all of these things will be covered in the documentary. So thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you'll be back as soon as Friday. 
thanks for uh, putting up with the uh, the random um, Wednesday show. Assuming I, can, I have time to get this up because I have three phone calls here in a minute. But yeah, the joys of pre- oh wait till the actual shoot comes. I think at like two in the morning I'm going to be unloading gear at Panavision still. Uh, I don't know how much help I'm going to have there. I, I hate asking for help, but it's not very glamorous, this job, especially in the uh, on the independent side. It's worth it, absolutely worth it, but it's not the most glamorous job. If you're thinking of getting into it, uh, you better have the wherewithal. That's all I'm saying. All right, thanks for listening and watching, and I will talk to you guys soon. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Cheers!